Today's message is entitled, The Culture of the Kingdom. I'm asking them to post for us John 17, 9 through 19. I'm going to read several verses here, and I want you to listen. This is the, the 17th chapter of John. Jesus is praying to His Father for you and me just prior to His crucifix and ultimate ascension into heaven. And as I read through these verses, I want to encourage you to hear the tenderness in the voice of Christ, the love in His words, the relational context that He is praying to His Father in, and hear the message that resounds to us 2,000 years later. Are you ready to read? Are you teachable today? All right. Here he goes, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep your name, through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I kept, and none of them is lost, except the son of perdition, and that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. For I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus is clearly differentiating between the people of God, His children, and the people of the world. The concept of the world, the church, the people of God being in the world but not of the world is built around the word sanctification or sanctify. And Jesus said, I have sanctified them, I have separated them, I have made them unique and distinct by your word which is the truth. And so the truth sanctifies us, and it sets us apart. You see, as a church, we are a culture within a culture. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're part of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God has its own unique culture. Now, again, we are a culture within a culture. We live in the world, but our personal cultures are different than that of the world. Our personal cultures reflect the culture of the kingdom of God. So today I'm going to talk to you about the culture of the kingdom. Now, what is culture? Maybe we have a slide. Here's a definition of culture. The system of shared beliefs, values, customs, behaviors, and artifacts that the members of a society use to cope with their world and with one another. 
and that are transmitted from generation to generation from learning. Key words here, go back to a second. Key words here is shared beliefs, values, customs, behaviors, and artifacts. All right, next, next slide. The totality of a socially transmitted behavior, patterns, arts, beliefs, institutions, and all the other products of human work and thought, patterns, traits, products considered as the expression of a particular period, class, community, or population. All right? The predominating attitudes and behavior that characterize the functioning of a people group, an organization, or even an institution. So um, that's what culture is. In culture, there's been seven elements that have been established, seven common elements with every culture, whether it be an institution, organization, a people group, a country, an ethnicity, uh, uh, whatever. There's seven common elements, language, economic systems, religion, social organizations, customs and traditions, government, arts, literature, music, and fashion. And so these are some of the elements of, custom, uh, of culture. The kingdom has these same elements. We have these same elements. And the kingdom is, is unique from the world, but we still have the same common elements. For instance, language. One of the great um, hallmarks of any culture is their language. And the kingdom has its own language. I'm not talking about what dialect you speak, but I'm talking about your vocabulary, your semantics, your conversation. You see, when you're a kingdom of God, even when you're with heathen people, you say things like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I am so blessed. We say things like, hallelujah. I remember one time I took my wife to a Cowboys game. <laughs> Emmett Smith took off toward the end zone, and about the time he hit it, she jumped up and started saying, hallelujah. I'm like, sit down, we're at a football game. Um, we have our own language. We have our own vernacular. Our vocabulary is extracted from the Word of God. We use Bible words, Bible phrases, and Bible concepts. And people that have, been taught, have not been taught the Word of God have a, a different kind of language. Economic system. Uh, we understand that God finances His kingdom through each of us and our free will gifts to Him. Tell someone that doesn't know Christ that you give 10% of everything you earn to the church, they'll look at you like you're a complete idiot because they're not of this culture. They, they operate on a different economical system. Social organizations, customs and traditions like the way we celebrate Easter and communion and, and we have baptisms and baby dedications and all these are unique. We have the arts, we have our own music, our own sound, our own message and, and, and we, we have uh, Christian arts of all kinds and, and it, it's distinguished, it, it, it identifies who we are and of course we even have fashions. We have cultural fashions that are common and consistent among us. So we are indeed a culture, an authentic culture. It's the culture of the kingdom. And so um, culture is always based on a, a primary value systems and belief systems. And because of those value systems and belief systems, 
we have corresponding character and codes of conduct. And so we live out our life based out on what we believe and what we value. And you know, if you can sort through your life and really come up with some core values, some core values, what you highly value as an individual, you'll find that throughout the body of Christ, we have some consistent core values. They're not unique to us, exclusive to us, but they are certainly based on Scripture. We have a belief system. We don't live the same and look at things the same because we have a unique belief system, and our belief system is based on God's Word. The rest of the world doesn't base what they believe on God's Word. There may be some things we believe alike on, but by and large, it is completely different when you base what you believe on the Bible. There are a number of people that read the Bible and come to different conclusions than I might come to. But I thank God that at least they're looking for the answer in the Bible. Eventually, we're going to land in the same place. You see, culture is the water we swim in. You know, fish swim in water. You and I are like a fish swimming in water. Culture is everything and everybody around us. And just like a fish, the fish is in the water, and the water is in the fish. And the fish is influencing the water. And the water's influence in the fish. And that's the way you and I, we are a culture within a culture. And the culture of the world is in us. And we're exchanging the culture of the kingdom with them. You see, not all culture is bad. Not all culture is evil. There's some, a lot of generic culture that comes and goes and changes with the, the new generation. New styles of music. New styles of clothing. Digital, digital uh, uh, creations. And it changes our world. And so we're living in a world that has elements that are evil, but it's not all evil. And we're a part of it, and it is a part of us. We're like a fish swimming in the water. We're, a part, we're in the water, and the water is in us. Now, the fact is, um, if, if you catch a fish out of water that has certain pollutants in it, those pollutants from the water have gotten into the fish itself, and when I eat the fish, I eat the pollutants. And so we try to be careful what pollutants might get in our waterways, because ultimately if, if we eat fish or anything else that grows in that water, those pollutants go through the fish into our body. And so um, if a fish is swimming in polluted water, his body becomes polluted and that's the way you and I are. If we're swimming in a, an evil, ungodly culture, if we don't do something, we're going to be polluted and defiled by the culture around us. Not because we're evil people, just because we're in the water and the water's in us and we're all in this thing together and we're a part of it. You see, that's why God can judge entire cultures and entire groups of people, because everybody's guilty and no one is innocent. You see, what I see happening around me in America is not what they are doing. It's what we are doing because we're all swimming in the same water. And all the problems in America, to one degree or the other, I have to deal with those in my own life. I'm a part of it, and it's a part of me. Keep listening. Don't, don't stop listening before I'm finished. And so pretty soon, the fish takes like the water. And if you drink the water, the water tastes a little fishy too. And so both are influencing one another. What our challenge is, is to filter the culture of the world and then establish our own personal culture of the kingdom. So there's the culture around me, but then there's my personal culture. 
in all reality, I have very little influence on the culture around me, very little influence. But I have control over my own personal culture. So if I'm going to drink the water, the culture that I, I'm swimming in, then I need a filter system. I need to filter out what is becoming a part of my personal culture. Let the world be the world, but let me be responsible for my own personal culture. To do that, I have to have a filter. Now, you know, I'm quite familiar with filters and the benefit they are to our life. I remember growing up, we had a well in the backyard, and uh, we pumped water right out of the ground, and we drank it right out of the ground and, uh, and didn't think a thing about it. Well, later on, we got city water, and we just fed the animals the, the uh, well water, and we drank city water. And then um, we drank city water out of the tap for many years, most of my life. Then somebody decided city water is not good for you. We're going to start bottling it and selling it to you. And the, what we bottle is better than what you're getting out of the tap. So now we're all drinking bottled water. It's amazing. A few years ago, I know some of you don't understand this, but a few years ago, it would have been crazy if you said, you know, I think I'm going to put some water in a bottle and I'm going to start selling it to people. They're like, are you nuts? Why do we want to buy a bottle of water? Well, we found out that there were invisible and sometimes tasteless things in our water, though it was processed by the city, that was harmful to our bodies, and we needed water that was more pure. And so we started getting factories began to purify water and bottle it, so hopefully we're drinking more pure water because we know that if we keep drinking contaminated water, we're by, our bodies are going to be contaminated. But because of that, we have a filter system, and we understand that. I have a, a water filter on my refrigerator. Um, got a water filter on the sink. We got an air filter on the um, air condition because we know there's things in the air that's not clean, and so we filter the air. There's a filter on my computer because they're sending me stuff that I don't want. And so there's a filter there to make sure it's blocked and I never have to see that. We understand what a filter does. It prevents things from coming in that are harmful or distasteful uh, uh, to me, but it, it, it lets in the good stuff. So you and I need a cultural filter to navigate through the 21st century. We realize that not everything bad around is bad around us. There's some things that come into us. There's no glory or spirituality in dressing styles 20 or 30 years ago. There's no glory in refusing any kind of technology in your world. There's no, there's no glory in singing old music because this new music is not really godly. You know, there are new things coming down the pike all the time, and much of it is totally generic, and it's good, and it's not going to hurt us. But we have to have a filter built in that can separate what can become a part of me and what cannot become a part of me. What's got to stay out there and what I allow to come in here. We need a filter system. So I brought my little picture here to illustrate. I was trying to think of some way that I could put a picture in your mind. This is one of those nice little... Uh, 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 Berta, uh, Breta, Breta, yeah, Breta, I know something like that, Breta, uh, pitcher is pretty cool, you just pour the water in the top, and the water goes through that filter you can see in there, and then it comes out the bottom, and it's all been filtered, and whatever was in this that I couldn't see, didn't recognize, don't know anything about, when it goes through that filter, that filter is going to separate it, then when I get ready to drink something, see how that works. 
give it just a little more time here. Uh, then when I get ready to drink some water, and I want some good, clear, clean water, I can pour water that has been filtered, and I can drink something uh, that is good for me. It tastes good. Now, I didn't see a lot of nasty stuff in here. I didn't bring sewer water. I didn't get water out of the ditch. I got clear water. But you know that the water we're drinking has certain chemicals and um, minerals and chlorines and things in it that's not good for us. And so this filter takes that out and purifies it before I put it in my body. So what I'm telling you is that if we're going to live in this culture, we're going to have to filter this culture very, very carefully. The Bible is God's filter. Everything has to be run through the Bible, checked by the Word of God, compared to the Scripture, the Holy Bible, before it becomes a part of my personal culture and my life. If I just drink everything the world is offering, and I take in all of their ideas and their philosophies and their attitudes and their concepts, I'm going to be as polluted and defiled as the world. But if I, as a Christian, can begin to see the world through the Word of God, look through the lens of Scripture, and, and have a biblical worldview, then it becomes a filter that takes things out that will harm my body and harm my family. That's why the Word of God is so important. You know, my preference would be to choose leaders at a local and a national level that have a walk with God and have a biblical worldview. They look at what is right and wrong through the Scripture. It's the lens that they interpret the world around them. Well, we don't always get that choice, and we go out and vote for the person we think might be the best. But it, it would be far better if we had candidates of every party that, that were based on a, a walk with God and understood the Scripture and had a biblical worldview, that somehow what they were seeing was being filtered by the Bible and not just be accepted as modern thought and um, what's hot today. I want to encourage you to make sure that you have your filter in place, that you're filtering what you're hearing, what you're seeing, belief systems, patterns of behavior, attitudes, and, and all these things, you're filtering it through God's Word. Now, it's amazing how this Bible, some of it was written as much as 4,000 years ago by dozens of authors in many different places. It's a compilation of divine writings over many, many years. And yet, this is still God's Word. Uh, not a word of it was written any less than 2,000 years ago. And yet, with all the changes in modern culture and technology and the way we live is amazing, this Bible is still extremely relevant and pertinent to us today. And it has truths in it that are timeless. Now, it's not like reading the newspaper. It isn't easy reading. It's not like e reading a dime store novel. You've got to study God's Word. Even if you study it, you might not get it if you don't know the author. You see, if you don't have a personal relationship with the author, you, the Bible doesn't mean a lot, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and you might get all twisted around. So it starts with a, a, a relationship with the author, and, and, then, learning, and then reading his book, and, and the two come together, and you can begin to see the truth. So we have to have the filter of God's Word um, in our lives if we're going to filter out things around us in our culture that is ungodly and old, unholy. Um, <clears throat> modern American culture must be strained like never before. 
must be strained like never before. The, my, the Bible must be our cultural fil- filter in our lives. You know, we're just flooded from the world around us, bombarded with television and internet, and, and uh, it's, it's just a bombardment of information. And we have to make sure that we're not conforming to the world. Romans 12 and 2, let me read it to you. You'll remember this verse, Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The filter of God's Word prevents me from being conformed to the world. The Word of God helps to renew my mind and see things through the clear lens of Scripture. You know, if I put a dark set of sunshades on, you guys out there this morning would just about go away. I could hardly even see you if I had a dark set of sunglasses. And if I put a, a, a pair of field glasses on was that unique amber or yellow color, all of you guys and gals would just turn yellow on me. Your clothes would have a yellow tint. Your skin would turn yellow. You'd look like a, a Chinese church in just a moment just because of the glasses I was wearing. The only clear lens to look at the world around you is God's Word. And if you're looking through any other lens, you're not going to see clearly. I want to encourage you to build what you believe and what you sense on the Scripture. Now, um, I want to keep moving if I may. Every area of our lives must be filtered. What's normal in the world is probably not going to be acceptable in my heart and life, in my family, in my personal culture what's normal in the world. You know, every few years we establish a new norm, a new norm. Things change in the culture. We're definitely on a spiritual and a moral decline. It begun many years ago. We've watched it happen now for decades, and uh, it's just a fact. And the new norms that we're establishing is alarming. Now, for someone my age, many of you are about my age, we started tracking the change many years ago. Say when I was 20 years old, that means 40 years I've been tracking the change. And from where we were 20 years ago to where we are today is a frightening fall. But you take my son who is 34, let's say he tracked it from 20, that's 14 years. So the amount of change from 20 to 34 is not that great. So the younger generation, they're not as disturbed, they're not as concerned as we are because they haven't seen as much change as we have. They're not starting at the same place. It doesn't mean that, that, they're, that, that they don't care. It just means that the, the degree of trouble, the, the, the troubling in my spirit is greater than the younger generation. And we have to be careful in our generation, and those of you that are somewhere around me, we have to be careful because we can come off like we're negative. We can come off like we're against everything. We can come off like hopeless, like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Just give up. Hang it up. Because we have been tracking it for so long, it is disturbing to see how far we've come in just our short lives. And so we have to make sure that we, we don't give up hope, that we're not negative, and that we don't see all the bad, but we see the good as well. Because not everything in the world is getting worse, and not everything in the world is bad. We have to be careful to balance that out. 
I have to make sure that the culture of my marriage and the culture of my family is the culture of the kingdom of God, not the culture of modern America. I have to make sure that my relationships are, bear the cultural aspects of the kingdom and not the normal cultural relationships. That my finances are governed by the Word of God. That my vocabulary and my conversations have been filtered by God's Word. We have to make sure that my political views are greatly influenced by God's Word. Doesn't mean we're all going to come to the same conclusion, but we've got to have something in Scripture to back up what we believe. My personal culture must be the kingdom culture. Believe me, it is so important that this difference is established. I read to you from uh, the several passages of Scripture. I want to show you just a couple more. And then I'll be finished. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Wait right there. Notice it said, if they have escaped the pollution of the world. So when you get saved, you're escaping the pollution of the world. It's like the fish swimming in the water. It's like straining or filtering out our, the water we drink. We have escaped the pollution of the world. The world is the culture that we live in. The world is the system around us. The world is the status quo. The world is the norm. But we're children of the kingdom, and we have to be sanctified, set apart unto God, and we have to have a personal culture that is distinguished from that of the world looking around and seeing a lot of beautiful young people here today. And you know, when you're a teenager, your friends are everything. In the course of your life, your parents are the greatest influencers, by and large. But when you're a teenager, your friends are the greatest influencers. And, uh, you know, kids want to be with their friends. They want the approval of their friends. Guys and gals, we understand. We all went through that season. We get it. We know. We understand. But as a, ch- a, a teenager, a Christian teenager, you've got to realize that you can't be like the other kids you go to school with and play in the band and play sports with and, and you, compete in UIL competitions. You, you, you just can't be like them entirely. You have to filter it. It doesn't mean you have to dress strange, act weird. It just means you have to filter it and have real character and real quality. That's based on the kingdom of God. And understand it's more important to please God and be accepted by Him than it is to be accepted by my friends. In our workplaces, we have to be careful that in order to please, in order to be accepted, in order to go someplace, in order to be really considered on the team, that we don't capitulate our faith and become polluted by the culture of the team. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Here's some more of the Word of God I want to read to you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If you love the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Can you say amen? One more verse, and I'll be done today. Ephesians 2, 1. Listen to this verse. There's several of them, so stay with me. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Look at that. According to the course of this world. If we walk according to the course of this world, then we're dead. We're not spiritually alive. We're going the wrong direction. We can't walk according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, that means Satan and his rulership over this generation, this culture. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all were once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, everybody say, but God. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. You see, that's the story of my salvation and yours. We've been saved from the world. We're a culture within a culture, a people within a people, and we must live out the culture of God's kingdom. I believe in you. I know you love God, love the Word of God, doing your best to live for God. I also know that I'm not perfect and you're not perfect and we're all dealing with stuff trying to be better than we've ever been, I believe in you. I trust you to do the right thing at all times. I want to encourage you to pray for your nation. Pray for your church. Pray for me. I want to encourage you to love, 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 and express love. Not secret love, but express love. If you meet someone that doesn't share your ethnicity, exaggerate it a little bit. We need a lot of that going on right now. If you disagree with someone, try to hear their heart. Ignore their angry words or maybe some extreme statements they make and try to hear their heart. Find out what's behind it all. Reach out and love one another. Let's be the church. Be the best church America's ever seen. Because America's church has not always been on the right side of issues and has not always done the right thing. Let's make a difference. I want to be a part of the church that Jesus built. I want to do the things our founder said to do. And with other things within, within me, I want to do what Jesus would do in this day and time. How many of you feel the same way? I ask you to stand, please. Today I'm going to pray over you as a group. At the end of the service... Pastor Brandon will come and give a a general altar invitation for people to come forward. But right now, I'm going to pray a prayer over you. I want you to know that I love you all very much. It's my great pleasure to stand here before you today. Thank you for opening your heart and allowing me to speak to you today. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your grace would be multiplied over our lives and our nation at this time. For when sin abounds, you promised that grace would much more abound. Forgive us for our sin and sinfulness. Help us, God, to be what you need us to be in this day and time. Help us, oh God, to love the way you love and see things the way you see things. 
I pray for the people of God that their hearts would be filled with the power of your spirit, that grace and mercy would be upon them all. Use them for your glory. Somehow, Father, help us to be lights in this dark world, to be a voice of hope and a voice of reason and a voice of truth in an hour of chaos, confusion. I speak a blessing on all the people of God. Be close to them. Walk with them in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.